Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. When you read through your Bible, you will come across certain terms over and over again. Three examples of such terms that refer to groups of people are Hebrews, Jews, and Israelites. What's the difference between these labels? Why does the Bible use three distinct terms? Well, in general terms, Hebrews, Jews, and Israelites all served one crucial purpose, to make a distinction between those people who are gods and those people who are not. Throughout the historical narrative of the Bible, times change, scenes change, cultures change, and nations rise and fall. Yet in spite of all this, one thing remains constant, that God has set apart a special people for himself, and he will preserve them. So in a general sense, the terms Hebrews, Jews, and Israelites all serve the same purpose. So why three different terms? Hebrews is the most specific term. Quite simply, this refers to God's people who spoke Hebrew. Hebrew was the language of the ancient Israelites, and 2 Kings 18.26 calls Hebrew the language of God's people. Remember also that the original language that the Old Testament was written in was Hebrew. So, for example, when Moses recorded Genesis in Hebrew and those passages were read in Hebrew, the text was subsequently understood by the Hebrews. The first time Hebrew is used in the Bible is in Genesis 14.13 where it says, Then a fugitive came and told Abram the Hebrew. Additionally, Hebrews refers to an ethnic group, and this label is used to juxtapose the Hebrews with non-Hebrews. So, for example, in Genesis 43.32 it says, So they served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. In Exodus 1.19, the text compares the vigor of the Hebrew women in childbirth with the not-so-vigorous Egyptian women. Then in Exodus 2.11 it says, Now it came about in those days, when Moses had grown up, that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. The next term is Jews. In the Old Testament, the word Jew comes from a Hebrew word Yehudi, which means from the kingdom of Judah. Jew did not come into common usage until after the Babylonians conquered the kingdom of Judah and exiled the people east into Babylon. In Babylon, there was a need to distinguish those who were from Judah and thus the increased usage of the word Jew. Esther 2 verses 5 to 6 says, Now there was at the citadel in Susa a Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish a Benjamite, who had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the captives who had been exiled with Jeconah king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had exiled. In the New Testament, the term Jew was always juxtaposed with Gentiles. Jews therefore hold a certain set of theological beliefs in contrast to the Gentile world. Jews were those who believed in and worshipped the God of the Bible. Gentiles did not believe in the God of the Bible and worshipped idols. In general, the Jews of the New Testament did not speak Hebrew. At the time when Jesus walked the earth, the common language was Koine Greek. 
In fact, by the time of the New Testament, many Jews did not speak Hebrew at all. Because so many Jews spoke Koine Greek, this helps to explain why the primary Bible of the first century church was the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. The final term is the Israelites. The simplest way to think about who this term describes are the covenantal people of God who are set apart by God's grace. In the Old Testament, an Israelite referred to a person who was a biological descendant of Jacob. Remember that in Genesis 32:28, Jacob wrestled with God all night, and the morning after, God renamed Jacob Israel. The sons of Israel thus became a people and a nation who were called the Israelites. In the New Testament, the term Israelites is much broader than it was in the Old. In the New Testament era, an Israelite refers to those who have faith in Christ or those who are members of the true church. As Paul says in Romans 2, 28-29, Romans 9, 6-8, and Galatians 3, 22-29, being a member of biblical Israel now transcends biology. Being a member of biblical Israel now involves a spiritual connection of faith in Christ. Again, the term Israelites describes the covenantal people of God who are set apart by God's grace. God's grace is free and unearned, so members of Israel act as ambassadors to the world. We testify as to how good and great God is and what He has done through Christ. At the top, I said the terms Hebrews, Jews, and Israelites all served one distinct purpose, to make a distinction between those people who are gods and those people who are not. That distinction is made by God and sets certain individuals apart so that they can do His will and glorify Him. The history of Hebrews, Jews, and Israelites tells us that God really is trustworthy because He has acted again and again in and through reality to use His people to accomplish His purposes. God sets people apart for His glory. If God did not set apart a people for Himself, we would be doomed to fail before we got started. Praise be to God who makes a distinction between those who are His and those who are not His. He cared for and delivered the Hebrews, He cared for and delivered the Jews, He cared for and delivered the Israelites, and He continues to care for all of those who are His. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.